We turn to John 3, 1 to 8. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life John 14 verse 6 Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here ends the word of the Lord. Good evening. Uh, It's nice to see you. Um, So from our first Bible reading, I think you can probably work out that the subject of this talk is, Who do you say that I am? This question, which Jesus poses about himself to his disciples, has continued to occupy the minds of historians, theologians and philosophers and others for the last 2,000 years. It's a question, in fact, that we can only really answer for ourselves, if we can be bothered to take it seriously. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you uh, that you are here tonight to speak to us And we just want to be open to what you're saying. Um, Thank you that you love us, that you have our deepest needs at heart. Thank you that you've given us and want to give us so much more than we have now and for all those things that we do have and can have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Life in general and current politics in particular show the variety and scope of different points of view. Can they all be correct? Or are there many different aspects of one whole unknowable truth? Sounds a bit philosophical, doesn't it? Um, So, a tale from India. A group of blind men heard that a strange animal called an elephant had been brought to the town, but none of them were aware of its shape or form. Out of curiosity, they said, we must inspect and know it by touch, of which we are capable. 
So they sought it out, and when they found it, they groped about it. In the case of the first person, whose hand landed on the trunk, he said, this being is like a thick snake. For another one, whose hand reached its ear, it seemed like a kind of fan. As for another person, whose hand was upon its leg, he said, the elephant is a pillar like a tree trunk. The blind man who placed his hand upon its side said, this elephant is like a wall. Another who felt its tail described it as a rope. The last felt its tusk, stating the elephant, stating that the elephant is that which is hard, smooth, and like a spear. The same central fact and being of an elephant is explained from different points of view. Which one of them was right? Life, and in particular the things of God, are not always easily explained, as they can take on many different points of view. Jesus is asking a question here about what people thought about him. He then hones it down to a personal question to his disciples. Who do you say that I am? Well, since it's Christmas, we must, of course, look at the nativity story. Um, It actually starts 700 years previously, and Eddie's already read out a um, a chapter from Isaiah, passage from Isaiah, um, where we we hear the prophet saying, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, that the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So let's think about it for a few moments. Let's think about all the different characters and their different points of view from the Christmas story. So here's just an outline of an extended adult version of the nativity play. Joseph comes home to find his fiancée is pregnant, an offence, incidentally, punishable by death at that time. Shock, horror, prospect of a divorce. Mary, probably about 14 or 15 years old, bewildered, surprised, and yet trusting in God at the appearance of the angel. The innkeeper sees them as just another family on the move, puts them in the stable round the back out of sight. That would have been pretty smelly. No health and safety rules then. The shepherds, overjoyed, happy, rejoicing, They'd had a vision of angels. Simeon, this is a few days later, a prophet in the temple in Jerusalem, prophesies that this baby would be the saviour of the whole world. The kings, probably about two or three years later, honouring him as a king. Herod, jealous, paranoid, another king, competition, He orders the genocide of all the young boys in the Bethlehem region. Babies grow, and as Jesus begins his ministry, what did first century people in Palestine think about him then? To many, he was a miracle worker, a healer, a provider of food, and a good teacher. To his disciples, although they didn't quite get it at the time, he was the son of God. To many, he was the Messiah, a saviour, come to set up an earthly kingdom, free them from the Roman tyranny, 
and establish and, and to establish a Jewish free state based in Jerusalem. To many of the religious leaders at that time, he was of the devil and a deceiver. To the Roman rulers at his trial, he was a threat to their authority. To his disciples, just after the crucifixion, when they thought he was dead, it was a great disappointment. They thought it had all gone wrong. After he rose from the dead, though, he sent his spirit at Pentecost and the early Christian church came into being. And to them, he was the living son of God, living in their hearts by the Holy Spirit, which he promised them and giving them power to preach the gospel. To many Christians then and today, he is many of these things. And he is, also, he is also the one who will be returning again to renew all things to himself and to establish an eternal kingdom. So I wonder where, I wonder where we sit with all this, this massive range of possibilities and scenarios. One final biblical character to mention, we've had the reading in Nicod- um, from John's Gospel, This particular Pharisee, Nicodemus, he was actually one of the senior Pharisees and and most of them, of course, were very much against Jesus and his teachings. So out of fear and possibly embarrassment, he approaches Jesus at night time. He acknowledges that Jesus must have God with him, but Jesus then tells him that he must be born again by God's spirit, i.e. God needs to be in him. This would have blown his mind. Possibly he might not have had much clue as to what Jesus really was talking about. We do know that later on Nicodemus did become a believer. Later on in the same passage of John's Gospel, prompted by this discussion, Jesus states, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We're now introducing the idea of Jesus being linked to life after death and eternity. So much for what others thought about who he was. Let's just think for a couple of moments about who Jesus himself said he was. We've had the reading already, but I'll repeat it. In John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, includes women, comes to the Father except through me. I think that's a somewhat presumptuous statement to make. How can anyone possibly actually say that about themselves? I am the way, the truth, and the life. A famous Christian writer from the 20th century, a guy called C.S. Lewis, he made the comment about this statement of Jesus that he was either mad, bad, or he was God. So, moving forward from biblical times to today, this evening, who do we say he is or was? For many, he is just a swear word, an excuse for a party, drinking, the usual, a Christmas tree, and lots of presents. I've got nothing against them, of course. Perhaps he's seen as a good moral teacher. Perhaps he's seen, we see him as some sort of insurance policy. Quote, if I go to church and try to be good then I'll get to heaven. Not so. It doesn't work like that. Perhaps he is someone who can help me out if I get into trouble. For some, though, life is much simpler if I just deny he existed. I'm too lazy to have to think about the deeper issues of life. 
Notice Jesus didn't say, I will be the way, the truth, and the life, or I was the way, the truth, and the life. Present tense. Jesus can be to us today our personal saviour, living in our hearts by faith. Nicodemus, who was seeking after God, was told that he had to be born again by God's spirit. That's just one way of describing what Jesus is and what he's offering us. And for many here this evening, I'm sure, and I include myself here, I can say that I have known for many years, known in part, not fully, I hasten to add, I I can say I know the life of God in me. I know that my sins have been forgiven. I find God walking with me every day, just in the ordinary things of life. And yes, I do have a deep assurance of the eternal life through Jesus Christ. This is my experience. This is what I actually know, not just what I've read in the Bible. So to conclude then, from our Bible reading, Peter's response to Jesus' question was, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Perhaps some of us are seeking something more in our lives. Jesus is saying again today, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Who do you say Jesus is?